my friends, it's Brenda Yoder with another episode of the Life Beyond the Picket Fence podcast. And it's Valentine's week this week, and I'm excited to share with you some principles about relationships and marriage. Now, when thinking about this topic, I could have shared a lot. In fact, a lot of the work that I do revolves around relationships. It revolves around healthy relationships, unhealthy relationships, and toxic relationships. But I'm not going to talk about all of the negative things today. I want to talk to all of us who are in marriages or long-term relationships to know how to do what is most important, which is a command from Scripture not taken from 1 Corinthians 13, which is often known as the love chapter, but this command is taken from John chapter 13. A new command I give to you, love one another. Friends, I want to encourage you today to focus on one simple command, and that is simply to love your spouse. If you're in a long-term relationship, to focus on loving that person. And I'm going to jump in and share with you some thoughts from my book, Balance, Busyness, and Not Doing It All. It's the chapter on marriage. And then I'm going to share with you five principles to keep in the forefront of your marriage. Because honestly, I've really been burdened recently with what I would call a lot of silver hair marriages. That term is actually from my friend, Jill Savage, and she has a lot of marriage resources. So I want to encourage you after you're done with this podcast to go to her website, jillsavage.org and find some of the books that she has on marriage. And she and her husband actually do some marriage coaching and they do some marriage retreats, Mark and Jill Savage. The key to keeping a marriage together, not just during the years where you're parenting kids, but beyond those years is to be able to come back and to really focus on some key principles about marriage and relationships and living with another person who is a sinful and selfish person. Because in the throes of parenting, in the throes of life, of work, of raising kids, of running them where they need to go, of dealing with their problems and their issues as they're growing up, Marriage can become not only one of the last things on your list, but it can become very fragile. In fact, about every seven years, there's a weak spot in a marriage. And that weak spot can often start to deteriorate to a place that develops into a great gap. And if you aren't careful in tending to your marriage and tending to the weak spots in your marriage, to the parts where the stresses of life really push on all sides, you make yourself susceptible for what I see among a lot of my peers, which are some of these silver hair divorces. So let me just start in with sharing a little bit from uh, my chapter on marriage. In the early years of marriage, my husband and I went to several marriage retreats. We learned about love languages, how our upbringings were different, and ways we could love each other better. We were instructed to have weekly date nights, write post-it notes on the bathroom mirror, and to prioritize intimacy. We learned about his needs, her needs, how women are like spaghetti and men are like waffles, and how couch time is essential once you have kids. 
Are you overwhelmed with listening to those tips? I know I was when I heard them. In fact, as a young bride, I had an older woman who I really looked up to. They gave me a book on um, how to meet my husband at the door with sexy clothes and a go-go boots. Now, those were something that, at least for me, I just didn't feel comfortable with. And I thought, really, is like, is this what marriage is about? And I thought about in those first years of marriage, my husband and I learned so much through retreats and through books. And it seemed like everything was about how to submit, respect, lead, and pray. You're supposed to do all of those things more and better. By the end of the first 10 years of marriage, we were equipped for probably the perfect marriage, but reality had set in. Our life was growing, stresses pushed upon us, and busyness ruled our lives. We argued more. We accused each other of not meeting each other's needs. And those great how-tos became points of contention over where the other person was feeling. And friends, this is one of the most critical pieces where marriages become very weak and where they become very stressed is when we put the expectation of perfection upon our marriage and upon our spouse, and then we start to criticize our spouse when they fail to meet those expectations. Um, in fact, as our kids' needs and demands increased, so did our own needs as individuals. Fights revolved around bad communication, busyness, carpool duty, misunderstandings, and physical exhaustion. In our marriage, resentment set in. We were often at a stalemate. I know there were a lot of times where my husband and I would have discussions, and at the end of the discussion, nothing was really resolved. We both kind of looked at each other and said, I'm selfish. And the other person said, I'm selfish. And we just kind of ended there. Marriage isn't easy during the parenting years. And oftentimes when you look at self-help books on marriage, they just feed discontentment and unrealistic expectations about the perfect spouse for the ideal marriage. My husband and I really lost perspective as we tried to to make our marriage the best or as we were looking at what the other person wasn't doing, we lost the key ingredient, which is simply to love them. And that is the key thing I want to encourage you with today is just simply love your husband. And you might ask yourself, well, how do you do that? How do you simply love your husband or your wife? How do you love them in a way that is simple? and yes, sustains your marriage. And one of the first pieces that I want to encourage you with before I, I jump into five principles of how to simply love your spouse is that love is not lust. Love is not a feeling that you, um, that you hold on to and that it is um, just this fabulous thing that you feel all the time. There is becoming a great divide in marriage and in relationships between love and lust. And while the natural desire for sexual intimacy may have lust involved with it, lust is self-seeking. Lust is not love. Love, um, even sexual love, is an expression. It's one of the greatest expressions. It's an outpouring of the love that you feel for another person. And as you grow more intimate with your spouse through emotional intimacy, through spiritual intimacy, 
through feeding a relationship where you both um, enjoy each other and you feel you feel safe with that other person, then sexual intimacy becomes it becomes stronger. It becomes the glue that holds uh, an, a very intimate part of your relationship together. So when I talk about simply love your husband or love your spouse, I want to really encourage you to hold on to the components of love that scripture talks about, that God's word talks about, not what the world tells you love is all about. Because marriage is not saying yes to the dress and it's not an episode of The Bachelor. Uh, Marriage really is hard work and love is a choice. So how do you simply love your spouse? The first principle I want to encourage you with is to be for your spouse. Be for them. And what that means is that as you interact with them and as you think about them and as you even approach them in conversations, perhaps about something that you need to confront them with or a boundary that you need to hold, be for them. Be um, be on their team, which is principle number two. Be on the same team with your spouse. Be team your family. This has been a concept that my husband and I have really grabbed onto the last several years because it is so easy to be against each other. And so many times we've had arguments about parenting. And oftentimes in our arguments about parenting, it it dawned on me one time that we were arguing about our children and we're both for our children. And so I kind of realized like, whoa, wait a minute, like we're against each other while we're arguing about our child or about a decision about our family. And yet we are both for our family. And if we're both for our family and for our kids and we're for each other, we're for, we're, we're for our whole family. We're a team. So rather than combating each other about what's best for your family, think of it this way. You're on the same team And so be open to different plays in the playbook. One thing I want to say, especially to wives, is that is, I think as uh, wives, when you are parenting, it is real easy to slip into parenting your spouse. You know, you're making decisions about your kids and you're kind of the, the rule of the roost when it comes to a lot of things related to parenting. Don't slip your husband into that role. Don't parent your husband. I wrote a a post about that at For the Family. You can go to forthefamily.org. I think it's called Wives Stop Parenting Your Husband and um, 10 Helps on How to Do That. So be on the same team. Be open to their perspective. Be open to their way of doing things, even if you don't think it's best. Because I'm sorry, ladies, if you're listening, your way is not always the best way. And part of marriage and part of a simply loving your spouse is that you are for them, you're for your family, you're for your team together, which means that there's got to be some give and take. And, and part of that is coming alongside your spouse and being open to how they want to do something, which may be different than how you think it should be done. The third principle about simply loving your spouse, which is probably the most important, which is growing your relationship with Jesus Christ. Ladies, I'm talking about some fairly good tips for healthy marriages or tips to help maybe 
unhealthy things about marriages become healthier. There are a lot of toxic components to marriages. And as a counselor and as a person who educates on toxic relationships, I will tell you straight up that your relationship with Jesus Christ is going to be the only thing that you can hold on to when the hardest things may impact your marriage. It may be an affair. It may be pornography. It may be abuse. Whatever it is that would be the worst end of the unhealthy spectrum in a marriage, your relationship with Jesus Christ is going to be what grounds you and what helps you face what you cannot face on your own. So I want to encourage you, ladies, the closer that you grow with Jesus Christ, um, the healthier marriage you will have because it will equip you to do a couple of the other things that I'm going to suggest. Um, The fourth principle is to have healthy boundaries. Boundaries are incredibly important. And if you listen to the podcast long enough, I know that I probably refer to Townsend and Cloud's material on boundaries quite often because it really is primary relationship tool that is for all relationships and also for personal growth. Healthy boundaries with your spouse allows you to be able to be for them, to be for your family, to be for the team. It allows you to be able to hold your convictions in a way that is not against your spouse. And if they are unhealthy, if they are um, trying to push on some boundaries, or if you, uh, if there's conflict and, and uh, a boundary needs to be set in an area of conflict or in um, a space where you or your spouse or a child needs to grow in an area, then boundaries helps you to be responsible for what you're responsible for and gives your spouse the freedom to be responsible for what they're responsible for. If you want more principles on boundaries, pick up the book on Boundaries or Boundaries in Marriage by Townsend and Cloud. You can also learn more about it at boundaries.me. I don't receive any compensation for any of these referrals that I'm sharing These are just solid resources that I use as a counselor. And um, healthy boundaries are one of the most important ways that you can love your spouse well. Because when you have healthy boundaries with your spouse, that means that you are becoming healthier within your own boundaries. And so your own emotional health, your own mental health, physical health, spiritual health, sexual health, everything as you tend to what is your responsibility in those areas, then you're going to be a healthier person. And the healthier you are, the healthier your marriage will be. Finally, the principle that I want to leave you with today, this Valentine's week, is to give grace rather than criticize. The majority of conflicts in marriage start with criticism. It starts with um, picking, picking, picking at the other person. Friends, we really are flawed people, horribly flawed people. We are people who struggle with sin and our own issues. And we bring our mess into a marriage with another person's mess. And then if you add kids to the, to the mix, they're growing and they're, they're selfish. And they have their needs that they're trying to get met. And in the space of everyone kind of competing 
we're getting their needs met, we do a lot of things that rub up against other people. So unless it's a really big issue, friends, give grace and stop criticizing. Just stop. Stop before it leaves your mouth. When it leaves your mouth, mouth apologize. See the best in your spouse. I've been married for 30 years, and I can honestly tell you that I've probably grown more in my marriage the last um, probably five to 10 years. And these are things that I have to continually come back to, but I wish earlier in my marriage I would have focused less on submitting more or doing a lot of things that I thought had to be performed in order to have the perfect marriage. I really wish I just would have looked at my husband a little bit more, just looking at him and loving him, showing him grace, being for him. And I have to tell you that what has changed my perspective probably the most about marriage is having boys. I have three boys who are now men. One is married and two are young adults. And as I've been thinking about my sons and then thinking about their needs and then thinking about how God has created them um, with their personality and their strengths, but then also knowing their weaknesses, I've been praying for a spouse who would come alongside and really um, be a partner with them, who's not going to be critical. When I started seeing myself then as a critical wife to my husband, who is someone else's son, I really started having a different perspective. When I started seeing my husband through the eyes of his mom, my heart has softened quite a bit. And I've realized that this man who I've been spending so many years with, he's a flawed person just like I am. And, and I'm, I need to be for him. And I need to be for him in a way that is not trying to fix him or trying to make him be a, someone who he's not or trying to make him to be perfect. I really want to be able to spend the next 30 years with him or more in a way where we are completely for each other. So this Valentine's Day, friends, I want to encourage you to just stop trying to figure out what you're supposed to be doing perfect or trying to be doing more of. And I want you to just keep some simple principles. Simply love your spouse. Be for them. Be on the same team. Grow your relationship with Jesus Christ first and foremost. Have healthy boundaries and give grace rather than criticize. And then I'd love to hear from you. Is there one principle here that has helped you or is challenging you? I would love for you to comment. Um, if you find this in your inbox, feel free to comment um, on my website where the podcast is posted. Or I would love to hear from you personally. You can email me at Brenda at BrendaYoder.com. And if this episode encourages you, leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher. Stay tuned for our upcoming episodes. And I just want to encourage you. I'm going to pray before I go. And I hope that you will have a great Valentine's Day. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to have relationship with someone through the gift of marriage. 
And for those, Father, who are single or who are dating, Lord, I ask that you would um, come alongside them and help them to know how to grow in these areas with their um, person that they're dating. And um, for those who are single and perhaps not dating right now, that you would also just speak to them about how they can carry these principles into other relationships where they are learning to love someone and receiving that love from someone else. Father, marriage is a gift. And in today's culture, that is distorting the beauty of marriage. And it is distorting the longevity and the lifetime component of marriage. Lord, I ask that you would help us just to simply see our spouse the way that you see them. Help us to be able to have a heart that loves them, that is free from criticism or um, unhealthy expectations. Help us to know how to um, grow in our relationship with you, grow in our own personal growth so that we can be the healthiest we can be, so that our marriage can be the healthiest that it can be. And for those that have children, Lord, we just ask that you would um, help each spouse to grow towards each other while they're also loving their children and they don't put the children in a place of um, idolization or above their spouse. And we ask all of these things, Lord Jesus, for your honor and for your glory. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast episode. And I look forward to talking with you next time.